How do we reconcile love and judgment? How are we supposed to balance these things of mercy and compassion with judgment? And as we talk about that today, what I'm excited about is that the answer to that question is in nothing less than God's character. Who God is answers this question for us. And what that means is that the answer to this question doesn't simply affect how we relate to others, but it affects something even more important than that. How do we relate to God? Hi, I'm Joseph Walter, and this is Loving Theology. So we've been in a series where we've been talking about that passage in Matthew 7, where Jesus tells us to judge not that we be not judged. And as we explored the context of that passage, Jesus told us to take the log out of our own eyes so that we could see clearly to take the speck out of our brothers, as he was explaining what he meant. The, the problem that we had, though, as we read that, is that what that means is that whenever we're looking at someone's speck in their eye, aren't we using judgment? Aren't we passing judgment that he even has a speck in his eye? So how do we reconcile this? And maybe more to the point, how do we reconcile Jesus' instruction to judge not with all of the other verses in the Bible? There are so many verses, like in 1 Corinthians uh, it's chapter 5, verse 12. It says, are you not to judge those inside? And it's talking about those inside the church. And then in, in John 7, 24, it says, judge with right judgment. But like I said in the beginning, what I'm excited about is that the answer to this question, the answer to this reconciliation, the way that we can see these two things as one concept is by understanding who God is. And see, what we'll look at is the way that God revealed his character to us through the life of Jesus. Perhaps the most fundamental or the first question that we should ask then is, did Jesus judge? And in John 8, 15, Jesus said, I judge no one. But as we look through these stories in the gospel and we see some of the things that Jesus said, it sounds like sometimes he is passing judgment on people, that he is making a judgment. Let me maybe read a couple examples. In Matthew 23, 15, this is Jesus talking. He says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you travel across sea and land to make a single proselyte, and when he becomes a proselyte, you make him twice as much a child of hell as yourself. That's pretty harsh. There's, there's another one in Matthew 16, 23. Again, this is Jesus talking. He says it, it says that he turned and he said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And again, it's, it sounds like he's making a judgment about what Peter's doing there. So how do, we, how do we understand this? Because Jesus said that he doesn't judge, but then we see these examples. How do we understand this? And maybe more to the point, whenever we see Jesus using judgment here, whenever we see him using that discernment and, and, and telling people where they're at, how does that, what does that teach us about judgment? What does that teach us about the nature of judgment and what judgment actually should look like? I think the first thing that we can learn from Jesus is that he didn't use his own judgment and that we aren't supposed to use our own judgment. You see, it's, it's right after he said, I judge no one in John 8, 15, that he says this in the following verse. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. So what Jesus is clarifying for us is that whenever we do see these examples where he is using judgment, where he is making a decision, where he is using that discernment, that he isn't using, he isn't relying on his own judgment, but instead he's looking to the Father for what the Father thinks of the situation, for what God thinks of the situation. And what I love is the way that this ties back into what we've been talking about in this series, especially last time, where we talked about the fact that whenever we want to remove the log from our eye, 
or much more so whenever we want to remove the speck from our brothers, help to remove that speck from our brothers, that we can't rely on our own judgment, that we can't use our own judgment in that process. Instead, we have to rely on God's judgment because he's the only one who can see the log and help us to remove it. He's the only one who can see clearly enough to help us identify that speck in our brother's eye and really help them remove it. So, but what are, what are the differences? How is it that God judges? And in what way is that different from the way that we judge? And I think one of the, one of the biggest differences, one of the biggest sort of fundamental reasons that he judges differently is explained in 1 Samuel um, at 16, verse seven. And in that passage, what's basically explained is that man judges by outward appearances. If you think about it, that's so true. All that we have uh, as inputs for our judgment is what we can see, what we can hear. That the way that somebody dresses, the way that they talk, the way that they act, that's what we use to make judgments. We can't see the heart, and that's what God sees. See, God judges by the heart. What that means is that he's judging by the motivations. He knows why we're doing things. I mean, think about it. We, We even have trouble knowing why we're doing something. Our own motivations sometimes deceive us. How much more so than do we have trouble understanding someone else's intentions and really knowing why someone did something? Think about how many times you've had an argument and whenever you get down to the end of the argument, what you realize is that part of the reason you were fighting is because you misunderstood why they were saying something. And maybe even you still mistrust a little bit if they actually have good intentions behind why they said something. And it's because we can't see the heart. We don't know the intentions. God alone is able to see that. And whenever Jesus is teaching us about how to make judgments, he teaches us this same thing. In um, John 7, 24, he says, do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. So Jesus is telling us to judge with right judgment, to judge rightly. And, And even he says that same thing that whenever he says my judgments are true in John 8, 16, what he's referring to is God's judgment. Whenever he says don't judge by appearances, that's man's judgment but instead judge with right judgment, judge with God's judgment. Now, why is this so important? It's because our judgment simply isn't reliable. And part of the reason is because of the the motivations behind our judgment. That whenever we're judging, oftentimes we're doing so even in a subconscious way, not that we are, are even aware that we're doing this, but we're doing it because we want to feel better, that we want to sort of puff ourselves up and compare ourselves to other people. And and Jesus explains how right judgment is the exact opposite of this, that whenever we rely on God's judgment, that's what that strips away. This is in John 5.30, he says, as I hear, and he's talking about hearing the Father. So he's saying, as I hear the Father, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will. In other words, he's not seeking his own desires, but the will of him who sent me. So as we judge, we're we're supposed to not be relying on our own judgment because it, it limits us, it inhibits us. It gives us the wrong motivation for judging, but instead we're supposed to be looking to God for his judgment. And part of this is identifying and realizing and coming to terms with, the, with our own weaknesses, the humility of just accepting, if I used my own judgment, I would be wrong. And maybe even if I got some of the details right, my reason for judging, my heart behind it would be wrong. And there's nothing worse than that. There's nothing that misses the mark more than whenever we do it from the wrong perspective or for the wrong reasons. And we have a series where we talk about this of just learning to accept our own weaknesses and rely on God's strength and the peace that that can bring us and the rest that it can bring us. We've called that series Resting in Our Weaknesses. If that's something that you want to hear maybe a little bit more about, I'll put a link for that series below. I think the second thing that we can learn from the way that Jesus judged is that he did not judge with the goal to condemn anyone, that that wasn't his purpose, his mission, that he was not here to condemn us. You see, the the English word for judge, 
really has kind of a broad definition if you think about it. It can mean to sort of separate between two things, to distinguish between them, to more maybe use discernment would be one way to describe it. Or it can mean to pass judgment on someone, to condemn someone, to sort of sit back and pass a sentence on someone for, for what they're doing. And actually the Greek word for judgment, the Greek word for judge, has that same broad definition. Take a look, for example, at this verse. In uh, John three seventeen. whenever Jesus, it's explaining why did Jesus come to the world. It says that Jesus came uh, not to condemn the world, but to save the world. And that word for condemn there is actually that same Greek word for judge. So whenever Jesus came and everything that he came to do was to save us, not to condemn us. So whenever Jesus was expressing judgment, whenever he was using his judgment and telling us about judgments that he had made or, or discernments that he had made or um, identifying things in certain people, he wasn't doing so in the, in the sense of the word of condemning them. He wasn't passing judgment in that way. He was using discernment, yes, but he was not condemning people. So what I wanna do is draw a distinction between these two things, between this idea of using judgment or using discernment and this idea of passing judgment or condemning someone. And when we're talking about man's judgment, we're really, those two things really are the same. That whenever we're using judgment um, to evaluate somebody, very often we're passing judgment on them and we're, we're judging them for those things. And so that's why we talked earlier about not using our judgment because whenever you use God's judgment, we're talking about God's judgment, those two things are different and they look very different. And to maybe describe that, let me talk about what condemnation looks like. And let's look at Romans 1. In the story of Romans 1, we see the incredible sin of the world. And it, there's just this long explanation of all of this wickedness that's going on. But as we look at that, there's never really a scene where God steps forward and expresses his judgment, that he uses judgment. But we can still see condemnation there. But what does that condemnation look like? It doesn't look like God confronting people about their sin. Instead, it looks like God letting them sin. Basically saying, okay, you want to do that? Go ahead. In Romans 1, uh, verse 24, it says that he basically let them do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. And the reason that that's condemnation is because sin carries its own sentence. It carries its own punishment, its own condemnation. We know that the wages of sin is death, that that death is the condemnation of sin. Now, maybe if I could take that and and flip it and, and look at what does it look like that whenever God uses judgment, that God expresses judgment, like the way that Jesus did whenever he expressed these judgments, well, how, did, how is that different than that? How is that not condemnation? Uh, maybe let's explore that together by, by reading Hebrews. In Hebrews 12, verse 5 and 6, it says this, My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, which is what I'm talking about when I'm saying that he uses judgment and expresses it to us, nor be weary when reproved by him, whenever he's rebuking us. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. There's even a proverb that talks about this, that a father who doesn't correct and doesn't discipline his son hates him, but a father who disciplines him loves him. And it's, it's so funny how I think this is sometimes opposite of the way that our culture understands discipline and, and what love looks like. But what, what this is teaching us is that whenever God uses judgment and confronts us, like whenever we saw Jesus pass judgment on people, so to speak, that he saw what they were doing and that he expressed that judgment to them, it wasn't with an eye or an objective towards uh, condemning them. 
Instead, it's just like we were reading in John 3, 17, that he wasn't doing that to condemn them, but to save them. So whenever God uses his judgment, and whenever God expresses his judgment, it's with that eye towards saving us, not towards condemning us. In fact, it's whenever he refrains from judging us, whenever he refrains from expressing those things to us, that we are actually experiencing condemnation. And that condemnation is the condemnation that sin carries on its own. And so we can see where the, the way that Jesus judged and the way that God judges is not condemnation. It's salvation. And maybe, maybe you'd like to hear a little bit more about, you know, why is sin its own judgment and what is really the, the cost of sin? And we've got a post where we talk a little bit more about that that I've called Set Free, and it's in the context of the good news and why is the gospel good news. I'll put a link for that below in case you want to hear a little bit more about that. And what I want to do is I want to bring this together. I want to bring together what we learned here about the way that Jesus judged and the nature of his judgments and what we learned from Matthew 7 in the last couple posts about what judgment really looks like and what Jesus was trying to teach us there about what we should do. And we saw first that, that Jesus told us, don't judge. He told us not to use our own judgment. That's what we learned. Is that in the process of taking the log out of our own eye and helping to take the speck out of our brother's eye, that we can't use our own judgment because there's no way that we'll see clearly enough to be able to do those things, that we have to rely on God's judgment to do that. And Jesus described that same thing whenever he talked about how he didn't use his own judgment, but he relied on the Father's. And the other aspect to that is our heart motivation behind using judgment. Because you see, whenever we're using our own judgment, we're doing so seeking our own desires, seeking our own will. And Jesus said that he wasn't seeking his will, but seeking the Father's. That whenever he judged, he was using the Father's judgment, that he wasn't seeking his own will or his own desires. And the reason why that's important is because our will, our reason, if you will, our reason for using judgment is to condemn. Whenever we're talking about people, that's the reason why we judge. We judge because we want to sort of pass judgment on people. Whenever we're talking about judgment, we're talking about passing judgment on people. That we look at somebody, we see where they're at, we see what they're doing. And oftentimes we do it to make ourselves feel better or simply just to feel like we're putting somebody in their place for where they're at. That we're making a decision about where they're at. That's the reason why we pass judgment is to use judgment is to pass judgment, to pass that condemnation. But we saw instead the difference of the reason behind why God uses judgment. Because he has good judgment. And whenever he uses it, and whenever he expresses it, he does so to save us, not to condemn us. That he does so to save us from the damage that sin does. That's the reason why he uses and expresses judgment. And in that same way, what we saw out of Matthew 7 is that we weren't called to pass judgment or condemn our brother, but we were called to help them, to help take the speck out of their eye, to help save them from the damage that sin does. So what we see in this is that all of these verses about Jesus using judgment and, and when he used judgment and how he used judgment, they don't simply reconcile with what Jesus taught us in Matthew 7 about not judging. They reinforce it. They teach the same lessons. They teach the same lessons in slightly different ways. They teach slightly different lessons. They help us just understand that picture of what that looks like. They teach us this, that rather than using our own judgment to condemn others, we are called to use God's judgment to help to save others from the damage that sin can do. And the hard part about all of this, though, is how do we actually do that? And what does this really look like? 
what does it look like to use God's judgment to help one another? And there's actually an amazing illustration of it in the way that Jesus washed the disciples' feet and what he told them while he washed their feet. There are so many parallels there that he was teaching the disciples that was bigger than just the physical act of washing feet, but actually demonstrates for us what we're talking about here of using right judgment to help to remove sin from one another's lives, to help to remove that speck from our brother's eyes. Next time, we'll tie that in together. It's really, it's, it's an amazing picture. I'm excited to share it with you. Be sure to subscribe and hit the bell because you don't want to miss it. Thank you for spending time with us today.